Here we go again. Another week one with our eyes full of wonder and hope. But this week one is different than the rest. We enter a week one without the loyal fans filling up the Meadowlands. We enter a week one without Eli Manning for the first time in 16 years. We enter a week one coming off another eventful offseason full of signings, picks, retirings, firings, hirings, and even arrests. Daniel Jones enters a week one going into year two with wonderings of who is this cold-blooded QB? Joe Judge enters a week one with the spotlight bright for all to judge. Giants, Steelers, Monday Night Football. What else is there to do? Let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with uh, my co-host, Justin Pennock, who might be in a little pain right now. But it's game it's game day, game weekend, so we're playing through the pain. Justin, it's been a long off-season, and I have been v- just viewing recording this podcast as like game day vibes. I did more prep than I usually do. You know, I shower, like, you know, shower right before, get my thoughts aligned, got ready, recorded the intro already, you know, beforehand. I'm ready, man. I'm ready uh, to play the Steelers. How are you doing, Justin? Bobby Skinner, the Giants season ended in January. I got the shingles. The Giants season is beginning in September. I now am in the process of passing a kidney stone. It has not passed yet. I'm still in the process. I was even doing some reading today. It may even take a month to fully pass. But I'm here. I'm excited for football. Uh, Football's back. It's going to be better than ever. And so are the New York football Giants. All right, intensity. We need to, we need to restart and get this intensity going. Uh, like Joe Judge, he restarted practice uh, the day before you're listening this because the intensity wasn't up. Welcome to Talking Giants. It's freaking game day. It's game week, game week, and it's not game day because you're listening to this on Friday before Monday Night Football. But nonetheless, Justin, like I said, I'm excited about this Steelers matchup. We got Michael Beck coming on of uh, Behind the Steel Curtain to preview the Steelers a little bit. Then we'll have Danny coming on for our, you know, some fancy football predictions, uh, quick picks, and, and our giant factors. But Justin, man, we're Joe Judge um, under the lights Monday Night Football against a really good Steelers team. Like I've picked the Steelers to win the AFC last year. Big Ben gets hurt, but you know, so like looking back, it's a bad pick. But honestly, I feel like I could pick them again because if yeah. Big Ben is just a slightly above average. The Steelers' defense is really good. Like, if they made the playoffs and were more notable, they didn't have the worst quarterback play in the NFL with Rudolph and um, and Hodges, then T.J. Watt probably wins Defensive Player of the Year. And if he didn't, it's because Minka Fitzpatrick was stealing votes away from him. I mean, this Steelers' defense is freaking legit, man. They're scary, Bobby. They're scary. I, I started doing some analytics digging a couple, a couple weeks ago uh, just because I was very excited for this matchup. Um, I think the Giants still, they, they match up relatively well against this Steelers team. Big Ben is the big what if right now. But still, on the defensive side of the ball, if, if you look at their DVOA, they were they were top five in the National Football League in, to, in their total DVOA. They were top five in the National Football League in their pass defense, their rush defense. The numbers behind them are really good. Uh, I even did a little exercise, Bobby, of looking at the top three Steelers pass rushers versus the Giants' top five pass rushers and their performance outside of sacks last year. Because obviously, we know that the Steelers' pass rushers are going to get more sacks than the Giants. But... Top three Steelers pass rushers in Watt, Dupree, and Cameron Hayward versus the Giants' top five pass rushers, versus Mar- which is Marcus Golden, Ocean Ximenez, Lorenzo Carter, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence. I did some number comparisons, so three Steelers players, five Giants players. QB hits for those Giants players, a total of 77. QB hits for Pittsburgh, 76. That's a difference of one. 
QB pressures for Giants players, 117. QB pressures for Pittsburgh, 120. So they had three more pressures and they're with their top three pass rushers, which is absolutely crazy. It's going to be a huge test. Um, regardless, just excited to see football play. I'm trying not to get it too much into my brain about how much of a scary team this Pittsburgh team can be. Just excited to see football play. Bobby. It's a tough matchup, but I love I love that it's a week one matchup. And you brought up all those, you know, Watt and Dupree and Hayward numbers. I mean, they combined for those two combined for the the top sack duo in the NFL. Um, second was Preston and Zadarius Smith right behind him. But you know, TJ Watt had fourteen and a half. Dupree had eleven and a half. Um, they had the most forced fumbles as a duo. TJ Watt led the league with eight. Dupree had four. So. As much as like, ooh, that's like, you know, we have Cam Fleming and a rookie Andrew Thomas and a QB who had fumbling issues. I love that it's week one. I love that we have like that perfect nightmare matchup week one. For, first of all, defenses have a hard, like defenses catch up later in the season. Okay, like you'll see high-flying offenses and you'll see defenses adjust and get better. They'll learn how to play in their zones better. So I love that we have drawn them. Week one and under the lights, like Big Ben feels that pressure of under the lights. We'll, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, and how should the Giants attack that? Now we've talked all you know since Daniel Jones, you know, played his first game with Tampa and even at Duke. That I love his downfield like willingness. I love that about him. But I feel like in this game we should be doing some quicker throws. And if there's any part of the Steelers' defense you could take advantage of, it's over the middle, man. I think Evan yep. Ingram. If someone's gonna, ha- if this offense is gonna be good and have a big game, I think Evan Ingram is gonna have a huge game because I think they're gonna try and do quick stuff. Um, and you, I, you know, I did a little breakdown the other day that when you are quick, you can take advantage of the Steelers' defense a little bit um, because they're gonna do some types of blitzes. So Jones, I don't want him like his whole like persona as a QB to change, but for this game, I really think the quick hitting stuff um, should be there, not because you're playing scared, just because. It's going to be there. Like, it, if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in that quick stuff. Yeah, let's see Jason Garrett. You know, he has a reputation of, of as a Dallas play caller. And actually, it was the quote that came out um, on Thursday where Jason Garrett has said, hey, I've never even called an offensive an offensive game since 2012. And we've broken down exactly how his offense, when he called it, was different than some of the offenses that other offensive coordinators um, that I've been in Dallas, you know, while he's been a head coach, how that's changed and how that's changed is basically Jason Garrett. While he was the play caller, the average depth of target wasn't that great. So I'm with you, Bobby, especially we haven't even mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick, who's the free safety in Pittsburgh All pro totally changed. I mean, forget, I mean, forget Watt, forget Dupree for a second. It was really Minka Fitzpatrick that really changed how that defense operated last year, and, it, and he really made them a big play defense also, not just but the pass rush, but also in the secondary. So keep it away from him because he's going to be patrolling that you know free, that free safety spot. Keep it away from him. The linebackers are a little bit vulnerable, and let's see. Hey, Evan Ingram is healthy, right? Let's let's use a healthy Evan Ingram um, and let's get him rocking and rolling over the middle of the field, intermediate part of the field. Bobby, it's the same thing, same things that we've been talking about all offseason, all offseason. It's it's a tough it's a tough task for against going against their defense. And I don't think we have like the highest expectations for this Giants team as an overall. But what I will say is I'm not going up against any defense worried. I'm not with this offense with, you know, hopefully Andrew Thomas being good to start. Cam Fleming is really, to me, the only weakness. Now, granted, he will be going against T.J. Watt the entire game. T.J. Watt lines up on the right side. So, the entire game, our weakness goes against their strength. But, and I'll actually bring it up in my in my giant factor, there's ways to kind of work around that, okay? And with this, these weapons, the first time Daniel Jones will ever play with all his weapons, where he'll play at Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley. Hell, throw Caden Smith in there. Because um, I think he can have a, a decent impact too. It's the first time he had that. And with Daniel Jones, I'm not afraid of any defense with this offense. We'll talk about our defense a little bit. But with this offense, I don't think we should go against any defense. Not to say they're going to light up every defense. But I don't, I'm don't. i not like afraid of any defense. Bobby, I kind of wanted to get the ball first. Not going to lie. I know you know the end, the analytical thing to do is to defer, and I know Bill Belichick always comes from the school, and he's been doing this for years, even before it became a trend, of always deferring to until the second half. 
Bobby, I kind of want to get the ball first because I want to get the... I have butterflies for the Giants' first offensive possession more than I have butterflies for the Giants' first defensive possession because yeah. we actually do have expectations for this Giants' offense. You know, oh, you know, is Saquon going to come out and have the same start that he did last year and break off some big runs and then boom, we're right in the red zone? Oh, is Daniel Jones, are we going to get ballsy? And on first and 10, we're going to have a Daniel Jones throw because that's what we should be doing. We should be throwing the ball on early downs. We should, we should be more aggressive on early, those early downs downs because that was the thing that really really hurt the Giants last year is their first down performance their first and second down performance during the first quarter last year they would be they would get off to two slow starts on offense and they would get off to two bad of starts on defense which is a it's a recipe for disaster that's what it is so how good of a start can this Giants offense get off to you know that's my main question that is what I'm most worried about because that was our Achilles heel last year yeah and um, Golden Tate has been practicing the last few days I think him out of the slot can be a big impact. Um, quick quick run through with the injuries. Uh, limited at practice, Golden Tate hamstring. It looks like he's going to play. Toy Lolo hamstring, that one was new. And then Adrian Colbert illness. Toy Lolo, although he could have a big impact on this game, him being out, if he was out, I'm not like I'm not stressing that. No. Um, Blake guess, Martinez was not on there. That's most yeah, he's important. Playing. He's playing. Um, so to transition to talk about our defense and their offense a little bit, um, David DeCastro, their Pro Bowl guard, is out. Like it's it, it's doubtful. So they're, they're essentially we think he's going to be out. And then today or yesterday, when you're listening, Deontay Johnson mispracked, like just did not practice with the foot. That's huge. It is huge because they're a team that has Deontay Johnson, James Washington, and obviously Juju. Who uh, I think Juju's going to line up in the slot a little more. So that'll I agree. Be, that'll be a fun matchup. It's going to be interesting to see who they pit on Corey Ballantyne. Um, you remember from the draft, Chase Claypool. He's on that roster, so he might go up against Ballantyne. I think we're. I think that's where we worry as Giants fans is what happens with Corey Ballantyne on the outside. Yeah, honestly, um, I got to really refresh myself maybe on the injury report a little bit because Deontay Johnson may have been a guy that I was going to pick and with our fantasy picks. Uh, coming up. I thought that he was actually doing somewhat better with that foot injury, but that's something very important to keep an eye on because Juju's going to be lining up in the slot and that's going to be his primary spot. I'm even interested to see, hey, is uh, Patrick Graham's going to be automatically put to the test week one? Are you going to have your best cornerback following the other team's best wide receiver from the get-go? So this is even going to be a big test. Is this, you know, is Patrick Graham going to going to really play call that way and not be like James Betcher with leaving, uh, leaving? Or maybe I would even be fine if Logan Ryan was on Juju. I don't think I'd be slamming the table if that's happening. I think that will happen. Are you going to leave Darnay Holmes if if Logan Ryan's going to primarily be, be playing safety? Are you going to leave Darnay Holmes on Juju Smith Schuster, which which you know again makes me kind of nervous. I don't think Darnay's going to play a lot. I really think they're going to put Logan Ryan at nickel corner. Um, I and they didn't even list nickel corner on their depth chart. That that to me, is, I think Logan Ryan will be the starting nickel corner week one. Yeah. And with all that, it'll be interesting. That's that's one thing I'm excited for. Even if we lose, um, I'm excited to see what Patrick Graham does on defense. I really am because we we've kind of tried our tried to do our best to figure him out, but at the end of the day, like he kind of is in a sense multiple. So it's gonna be interesting to see what he does. Um, that third down, two plays a game thing that I broke down earlier in the season. I can't wait for that. Um, here's a guy. Um, the Steelers have you know Charlie Villanueva, who's a good offensive tackle. They have a new guy, Zach Banner, mm-hmm. who's gonna start at right tackle. Here's here's a guy um, who I'm saying, who are you? Show us who you are, because we're uh, you growing is a huge impact on this team. O'Shane Zimenez, who are you? That's who. That's what I'm thinking about week one. Who are you, O'Shane Zimenez? Okay, because it's a perfect matchup where it's not like the worst tackles in the league, but they're also not the best tackles in the league. Where you're like, okay, we understand him losing that battle. Who are you, O'Shane Zimenez? Can you be a guy who constantly gets pressure, consistently gets pressure? Gets is a sack getter, not just you know you know a random sack every third game because he's starting. He's going to start, and he's probably going to get um, you know top two reps at that outside linebacker spot. Zimenez, come out and prove who you are, Bobby. You can make an argument literally for any of our defensive linemen, and this includes edge rushers, and this includes interior guys that we're expecting to get some kind of pressure on the quarterback. 
While I'm pretty confident that we can do a good job swallowing up James Conner, it's important to note that James Conner, when he's healthy and when he's ready to rock and roll, still put up some pretty good numbers last year. So that Steelers offensive line is nothing, nothing to sneeze over. Obviously, the guard is a huge loss. But for the Giants, you can make that argument of who are you basically to everyone. <laughs> that defense, maybe besides Marcus Golden, because he actually put up a double-digit sack season last year. But, you know, Lorenzo Carter, who are you, man? Leonard Williams, who are you going to be in 2020, man? So these guys, they have to take advantage of, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers not being at full strength. Uh, we, I would much rather play Ben Roethlisberger in week one versus week eight, where maybe he's at 100%. But if Ben Roethlisberger's hurt, I would obviously play this, rather play the Steelers week eight. But if I had to pick a week, it's week one because we just don't know what this Pittsburgh offense is going to be. So there you go. Yeah, and Big Ben, I guess we'll finish that. We'll finish off with Big Ben before we go into the interview. Big Ben threw for 5,000 yards in 2018 and then got injured in the second game. Obviously, you know, we remember that that Patriots game to start last season. So it's like you leave that gets left in your, like that bad taste gets left in your mouth. But he threw 5,000 yards, okay? Like, Big Ben is an awesome quarterback. Um, it's weird that it's not the Eli Big Ben matchup for the first time in 20 years. Um, but I don't I don't know what to expect from him, though, because he could come out and fall off a cliff. You know, Steelers people are saying that his arm looks fine. Um, I wouldn't expect him to say much else anyways. But, man, I, that is, that's another thing. Like, we say Corey Ballantyne is like, what is he going to be? I think that's another thing. Like, who, what is Big Ben going to look like? Because he could come out and throw five touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised. And he could come out and look like dirt, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, the thing is, I think it really a lot of it does ride on Deontay Johnson because they love what they have in Deontay Johnson. And the last time that Big Ben was really played a full season in 2018, he had Antonio Brown catching 100 balls for six seasons in a row. So now that... Now that uh, Antonio Brown is gone, Juju Smith-Schuster is the clear number one. He's going to be going back into that role of the slot wide receiver, which I think Pittsburgh, they like to use him as that. But what it, what could this Pittsburgh offense look like with Washington as also a depth piece? And then also they have Chase Claypool, who was the NFL Combines and the NFL Scouting Combines darling last yeah. year. So Steelers fans are falling in love with Claypool, by the way. You'll hear, yeah. you'll hear yeah. about that in the interview. All right, anything before we kick it to the interview? Uh Nervous, but excited at the same time because Bobby, you know, we spend all off season, and it's the same thing every off season. You know, the more and more that you know, all of our community members, we they listen to the show every single episode, every single week, and then we just talk about them um, twice a week, three times a week, and for the last six weeks, it's been every single weekday. It almost doesn't even feel real. It almost yeah. doesn't even feel real that it's here because we just talk. We talk about getting ready for football so much, and now that it's actually here, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Know. So. <laughs> It feels weird recording this episode, and it's like we're like doing game previews. So yeah. Um, all right, so we did a 15 minute interview with Michael Beck of Behind the Steel Curtain, which is the Pittsburgh branch for um, SB Nation. So got some good like nitty gritty stuff that like the, when people ask about the Giants, they would ask us. That's who we asked Michael Beck. So 15 minutes, and then uh, we'll finish it off. Danny was going to join us this year for the uh, the second part where we do some fantasy football stuff, um, Giant factors and game predictions. All right, here's Michael Beck. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. All right, we now welcome on to the program. He covers the Pittsburgh Steelers, does writing, podcasting, all that stuff for SB Nation behind the steel curtain. Michael Beck, what's going on, Mike? Oh, having a good night. I'm super excited. Football. Football's back. Uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. I know, to let the listeners know, we're recording this Wednesday night, and it just, without the preseason, it hasn't hit me as hard, but it's starting to hit me. It's like, wow, we actually have, like, some regular season football to watch. But the, no preseason has, has made it weird, though, this year. Yeah, I totally agree. The weirdest thing for me, what kind of made it hit home, uh, I saw those uh, hashtag emojis came up on Twitter. I was like, oh, that, that, that's a sign of football season right there. It's back. So I think, <laughs> I think it finally hit tonight. Uh, excited to uh, watch the Thursday nighter. All right, so the Steelers, M Monday Night Football, uh, you know, the past 16 years of our lives, this matchup has been Big Ben versus Eli. Eli's gone. Um, but I want to start with, with the question we're going to ask everybody this year because I think this is, like, one of the insights that we can't get. 
Who is somebody like who is the player on the Steelers? And it could be offense or defense. With that, as good as that defense is, it might be an offense that Steelers fans that are just worried about. Like who who is a starting player, but they're like, man, like this is a guy we're worried about. Like for the Giants, it'd be Corey Ballantyne, who's their cornerback too. Who's is there? Is there that guy for the Steelers? You know what? There's a few ways I think I can go with this, but I, I think the one thing I'm most worried about right now heading into this season is how the Steelers cover the slot corners uh, slash tight ends, especially if they're a big production guy. Uh, I think Evan Ingram could have a, a big game. It, it really it really comes down to how the Giants uh, call the game. Uh, if Vince Williams is on the field, um, I, I can think back to a couple years prior um, when the Steelers were playing the Los Angeles Chargers in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Chargers were just able to shift their offense around and get Keenan Allen one-on-one matchups with Vince Williams. I think Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen almost had a 200-yard game that, that game and just uh, completely feasted alive there. So the Steelers had Mark, uh, Mark Barron a year ago who took, took over that slot he, uh, spot. rather. He did a pretty good job. But um, without him there, that kind of role falls right back to Vince Williams, who's, who's great in the run game. But uh, when it comes to pass defense, um, it'd, be, uh, it'd be better – if they could uh, kind of sub him out and get uh, get uh, a, a younger guy like Ulysses Gilbert on the field, but if uh, if the Giants' play calling is on point and they uh, they uh, catch Vince Williams out on the field in passing situations, uh, I could see that being the, the weak point of the team. Yeah, I mean, I've done a, week one. You always do more homework, but I've done a little bit of homework for you guys, and obviously, you guys have the you know um, T.J. Watt, and then follow behind Dupree and, and Hayward, and they get to the QB quick. And you got Minka, who's covering over the top. But it's like that one little spot and what's a really good defense. It's like, man, over the middle, like shallow over the middle, there's, there seems to be some holes that could be there. And I, I, think, I think you're right. I think Ingram and Tate or whoever's in the slot should – like that's who where the Giants should go. Now, another question we'll ask everybody, who's a guy that has emerged for you guys? Every team has it. Like who's a guy throughout camp? It's, without preseason, it's a little harder to answer this question, but – Who's a, a guy that has emerged? He doesn't even have to be a starter, but who's the guy that's emerged for Pittsburgh? Now, the guy that's getting the most amount of love um, out of training camp, uh, you, you hear it from reports from all across, uh, from the newspaper to the TV side, is uh, the Steelers' second-round pick, Chase Claypool, uh, oh, the man. big wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's, he's getting – I can honestly say, over the course of my time uh, being a Steelers fan and even moving into covering the team, I, I couldn't tell you a rookie that's gotten more hype than Chase Claypool has in this training camp. It seems like every week um, they are, uh, or every practice rather, he's had some sort of spectacular uh, reception in the end zone, jumping over guys, uh, mossing guys, if you will. Uh, so Chase Claypool is someone to, uh, that I, I'm going to look out for to have a, a pretty big, uh, big year in year one. Uh, and if he could be, uh, if he could be developing that, kind of top receiver guy it might let the Steelers uh, move on from uh, one Juju Smith-Schuster whose contract is uh, expiring at the end of the year but if Chase Claypool can have a big year I think uh, that uh, that sways the Steelers uh, their their entire season is uh, what he can do as that second round pick. So since we're talking wide receivers you mentioned Juju like I said I'm not as plugged in with the Steelers a lot of talk I heard from about Juju is like oh well, he's not a true number one Obviously, you guys' QB play was was suspect after Ben went down last year. What's the wide receiver room look like? Is it like, do you guys feel like Juju's the one? Hopefully, Claypool's a two over Johnson, or is Claypool already like jumped over him as a number two? So basically, how the Steelers' receiving core is kind of sh- going to shake out here. Uh, Deontay Johnson's going to be like the X wide receiver. Uh, Steelers will use that spot kind of as someone that runs the entire route tree. Uh, Deontay's he's one of those guys that runs routes super crisp and uh, that kind of unfortunately gets him compared to Antonio Brown in a sense and of course Antonio Brown was one of the best receivers of of a decade Uh, and there's no way Deontay's ever going to reach heights of that level but he runs really crisp routes that kind of uh, draw the comparison so he's going to be the X um, and in the slot will be Juju Smith-Schuster the the Z on the other side of the field or Z rather uh, sorry for the Canadianese, but uh, no, the, the, you're the good. <laughs> Z receiver, um, James Washington uh, being the incumbent will uh, probably line up there, but uh, that spot's more of a take the top off the defense kind of role. Uh, and Chase Claypool, he, he's a four four two guy uh, at the combine. He is someone that uh, uh, slots in better there. So I, I could see him kind of uh, move into that role as the year goes on. Yeah. Claypool's a guy that everybody fell in love. Like 
it was like going into the combines, like, oh, he's going to play tight end. And then, like you said, he just lit the combine up and then uh, really jumped off the radar. I think I, I think almost every team was hoping they could, like, get him second round, third round. So, uh, I actually liked your guys' draft a lot. Um, well, even your, undra- your undrafted free agents. I really like Trajan Bandy. I know he made you guys practice squad. And then the surprising one, James Pierre out of FAU. I actually – I watched a little bit of him. I know this is off topic, but I just – I want to get some James Pierre love in it. And I was like, oh, man, like he could translate to safety. And it looked like he made your guys' roster over Curtis Riley, who Giants fans um, know all too well. Yeah, no, James Pierre, he had a – I think he's actually uh, more in the corner, actually. Um, oh, really? He, he really kind of credited Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson for taking, uh, for taking him under their wing uh, and uh, just really absorbed all the information he could uh, to make this team uh, – he, he did knock off some guys like a Breon Borders who has NFL experience and a, a few other names to uh, kind of uh, get that last corner spot on the roster. Uh, Steelers safety is kind of uh, that spot, especially depth-wise. Curtis Riley seemed to be the, the primary uh, backup until the Steelers uh, brought back Sean Davis, who was cut from the, the Washington football team. Um, so he, uh, he kind of slots back into being the primary at both free and strong safety. Uh, role he uh, both roles he played in the past so that's kind of where the that uh, death part in the secondary is uh, shaken up yeah we we saw Curtis made the initial 53 and then was cut the next day we we as Giants fans were really hoping to see him I mean he <laughs> there might might like you know Giants have fans have some players that dislike Curtis Riley might be like the king of that where it's just everybody in the fan base couldn't stand Curtis Riley so we're we're hoping to get to see him and see some of his tackling but we, we it looks like we won't get to see that so Let's. I've been delaying it, Big Ben. Um, yeah. I think you guys could have been contenders last year if you just had average play. And then you look at Ben's last year. What he threw for like five thousand yards. Uh, um, with with no preseason, limited like camp. Uh, you know, uh, invites to camp for media and stuff. What's the vibe around Big Ben? I mean, are you guys expecting like four thousand to five thousand yard Big Ben or average Ben, or is there like is there any worry of a drop off? Now, the vibe in camp right now is that uh, his, his arm is as strong as ever, which is super positive coming off of tearing three tendons straight off his elbow. Um, and he's also thrown a really tight spiral, which is, uh, which is something that he hasn't been quite known for his entire career. But um, his arm does look really good right now. Uh, that being said, it, he's, it's more than a, a year away from football. Uh, he only played a game and a half uh, before uh, tearing those ligaments. So – we do kind of expect some sort of rust out of Ben. He's 38 years old. It might take some time for him to uh, potentially look like a 2018 Ben Roethlisberger, but if he could just play at 80% of what he was in 2018, the Steelers defense from a year ago really proved with some sort of competent quarterback play that, uh, that they really could take that next step and at the very least be a playoff team. I can't say enough how much the Steelers defense impressed me. Um, and speaking of Minka, you guys traded for Minka. I saw, I watched a couple of games. It looked like he was primarily in like that, that deep safety. I thought when he left Miami, he'd play corner. Cause I watched him play against Diggs and Thielen in Minnesota. And he was like, this guy's a shutdown corner in his rookie year. How are you guys using him this year? Is it just kind of strictly that free safety role? Or are you guys moving him around or what? Now there was chatter that, uh, he would be more, uh, more open to moving around on the defensive backfield, uh, in, uh, in his second year in Pittsburgh. But, with the way the secondary is kind of shaped up, they uh, they don't really need that from him, and it really sounds like he's going to be primarily playing that free safety spot. Uh, the corners, Joe Hayden, uh, coming off a Pro Bowl year. Uh, Steven Nelson on the other side was one of the top-ranked PFF uh, corners uh, in man coverage a year ago. Same with Mike Hilton in the slot. So those kind of spots are pretty locked down. And he really isn't uh, like that, that big-time tackling guy, so you won't see him at strong safety all that much either, which uh, really fits uh, Terrell Ed- Edmonds, uh, the first round pick from 2018, a whole lot better. So make a Fitzpatrick. I think you're going to see him a lot uh, in the free safety spot. He might move around a little bit more uh, depending on how teams game plan it. Uh, if they try to cut the field in half and say, we're not throwing a Minka's side, I could see the Steelers get a little bit more creative because he is still a dynamic playmaker. So back to the quarterbacks, I, I want to kind of ask your opinion on this. What do you got? What is like Pittsburgh talking about? Like, what what are your thoughts as someone who like you know looks at the game as Daniel Jones, and like, how do you guys plan to like? Or do you think the Steelers should attack like Daniel Jones and and the Giants' offense that 
is um not doesn't have high expectations, but also has like a lot of names on the roster, and then some you know some questionable stuff on the at right tackle. Yeah, the the which which is unfortunate because that right tackle spot uh, is going to see a whole lot of TJ Watt. Oh uh, yeah, who, uh, <laughs> he he's, he's set up. TJ Watt, he typically has a monster week one. Every single year of his career, uh, he, he broke in the NFL with the three-sack interception game against Cleveland. Uh, it, it's just something in week one, he, he, he comes out of the gate firing all, all cylinders. Out of training camp, the way that uh, they're talking, he, he looks as good as, as he ever has. Uh, and it, it was his best camp so far. So I think the Steelers side is kind of licking their chops at the, at the Giants O-line. Uh, Andrew Thomas being the, the first round pick, just based on the way he plays football and uh, lining up against Bud Dupree and probably having to do it all one-on-one because of uh, TJ Watt's ability to draw the double team. Uh, right. Bud Dupree could also have a pretty big game because he is pretty good in the bull rush. And if there's one thing that uh, Andrew Thomas struggled a little bit with at, at Georgia was kind of uh, – having a defender step right up into his chest, which is uh, the bread and butter of Bud Dupree's game, who is coming off 11 and a half sack year in his own right and in that contract uh, franchise tag year. So uh, the Steelers uh, front seven, um, I think they, they really want to tee off and try to get the ball out of Daniel Jones's hand. And just uh, the more turnovers they can uh, create, uh, the more likely the Steelers are to, to win the game, obviously. What I love about Jones is his like willingness to go downfield, and I don't ever want to like take that away from him. But for this game, I am like banging the table, like, "Hey, get the ball out quick, stuff over the middle inside." Because, like you said, I mean, Thomas, I'm not worried about. Like, he may struggle a little bit, but I, I'm not worried about Thomas just getting like dominated by Dupree. Um, even though Dupree's a nice player, but he's just not on the level of Watt, obviously. Where it is, Cam Fleming, I have worries about Cam Fleming against anybody let alone T.J. Watt, who you know, could have been Defensive Player of the Year last year. So that's, that's the worry. We've been talking about running you know, 19 tight ends the entire game, the triple team, T.J. Watt. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, that rolls. Um, so this is the question I have because I, I don't know what to think. Um, your running back group, how are you guys viewing that? Is, is James Conner the bell cow? Or are you guys going to be by committee? or What, what is that looking like? Now – Mike Tomlin, his press conference actually earlier today, um, did say those exact words that James Conner would be the bell cow of the offense. Okay. Uh, and uh, the Steelers historically uh, have uh, played exactly just just that, especially with James Conner in the backfield. Uh, they are c- carrying four running backs, which is kind of rare for them. Uh, they don't typically uh, take that many running backs into the season with them, but uh, Jalen Samuels right now is kind of slotting in at that four spot. But um, it, it's going to be mostly James Conner just until the, the wheels run off, until they, uh, they switch it over to Benny Snell. Um, it just kind of seems like an inevitability that uh, James Conner at some point will probably feature some sort of injury. That's just kind of uh, something he's been, uh, he's been uh, snake bitten with a little bit over his career. But the style of play the Steelers play and the, the way he plays the game and plays the position, uh, he takes a lot of hits. So, uh, he, he usually is good for uh, about 10 games, but um, uh, j- just the, the amount of uh, uh, big hits that he takes and uh, just the amount of touches he, he gets uh, banging up an ankle and knee, a shoulder, it, it seems uh, pretty common for him. But you're going to see a whole lot of James Conner until, uh, until he can't uh, physically go on the field. Yeah, I think um, the way you guys view Conner is the way we were like Ingram. It's like, hey, it's week one. We got him healthy. Use him because later in the season, something always comes up. Uh, I'll finish it with this. I know DeCastro, it looks like he's going to be out for you guys. But, I mean, what's your O-line look like? Because, I mean, I know Villanueva is the left tackle, but, like, is there new starters? I mean, what what's the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line looking like for week one? So, f- for this week, uh, the starting lineup, uh, right tackle was just finally announced. There was, uh, there was a battle at the right tackle spot between uh, Chukwuma, Korafor, and Zach Banner. Zach Banner won the spot. It was officially announced today by Mike Tomlin. Um, he was a third-round pick of the Indianapolis Colts a few years back. Uh, he got cut uh, in his first camp as a third-round pick. He, he, one of those rare guys that didn't make it, but finally uh, made it made it all the way around to Pittsburgh, where he kind of became a fan favorite last year as a, uh, the tight end eligible player. Uh, he's earning that uh, that tackle spot. Uh, kicking over to guard, uh, the right guard spot's typically uh, held down by David DeCastro, the all-pro guard, but uh, he's been battling a calf injury throughout the entire training camp. So Stefan Wisniewski, uh, the two-time Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs and Eagles, uh, will be slotting in there for week one. Uh, Marquise Pouncey is holding down a center spot. 
Uh, Matt Filer, uh, he started his career at left guard, kicked over to right tackle, and is uh, kicking back into left guard now, is taking over for the retired Ramon Foster. So Matt Filer, who started right tackle, now starting at left guard. Uh, and then left tackle, like you said, Alejandro Villanueva uh, is uh, back in his starting spot there on the left side. Yeah, as Giants fans, we saw the DeCastro news, and then we're like, oh, okay. And then we saw uh, Steven Wisanowski, I think. It's like, right. oh, well, he's like a decent player, so it's, it's not – it's not the biggest drop off. Um, Michael, I know you're busy. You uh, you just did a, an hour with our friends at Big Blue View. So we'll let you run, man. But everyone make sure you know, we'll tag you and everything. Uh, appreciate you giving some uh, some time, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. I'm the best. All right. Thanks again, Michael Beck, for coming on. Make sure to go give him a follow. And it's always good to follow the other teams, figure out what's going on in the league. I've had their notifications on all week, and I've, I've, uh, I've, that's why Talking Giants was the first ones to have the uh, David Dick Castro news. No big deal. All right, new this year on the pregame on the on the pregame show. We're we're adding segments and Danny King. So we got the whole we got the whole group together, the Greasy Three together, um, for the the preview show. We're gonna do a little fancy draft of only players in this game from the flex position wide receiver running back and tight end well you know what we'll go through it by one by one and we're going to start it off with the weather with weatherman dan yep that's what i'm going to college for is to be a meteorologist not sports media all right first let's, let's look uh, at the uh, meteorologist on a sports podcast Same yes thing. you never you don't see that often uh, all right so the weather for this monday it's gonna usually be, it's gonna they be... save that for beautiful women we settled on danny <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's the same thing. Uh, the temperature for kickoff is going to be a crisp 73 degrees. You love to see it. The wind is 10 miles per hour out of the north-northwest. And the humidity of 56%. And if you care about the visibility, because that's important, you get 10 miles of visibility. It's beautiful. And now you get the weather report from Talking Giants. What's the dew point? The dew point is going to be 57. 57. And cloud covers 27%. Wrong. Wrong. Is, I'm looking point- at 57. The point, the dew point. Are you questioning is to the meteorologist? Win. The point to do is to win. That's ah, the dew point. I see what you did on that one. I see what um, you did. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. Missed opportunity. I, I had, I had that planned. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into our little fantasy draft. But before that, Thursday was just a warm up. Now is the time to get ready for Sunday's full slate of action. And there is no better place to get in the game than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook is rolling out a can't-miss offer, and you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet. Head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss. Justin, stop waving your hands. It's, it uh, distracts me. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. Not Kelvin Benjamin, a Benjamin, a $100 bill. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure. Make it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY. When you sign up to get this can't-miss offer, pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code JOHNBOY during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Danny. If you get the uh, if you get the weather report wrong, um, every week that you get the weather report wrong, you have to run a lap. Damn it! All right, that I gotta keep that in mind. Also, that that's tough. That DraftKings ad, while all you guys can do it, I'm stuck here on the outside, just wanting to gamble my life away. You can. You just use the app. Just oh. use the app. Use the app. Um, we'll figure it out. Um, all right. So this year we're adding adding a, a four round fantasy draft, and we're doing it only of players in this game, so we can draft from the Steelers. And the Giants, and to keep it fair, we're not doing QBs because then two guys get QBs and and the other person doesn't. So we're doing running back, wide receivers, and tight ends. We're gonna do uh, a rolling schedule. So we'll start with Danny. We're going youngest to oldest. Danny, who is pick one? All right. So with the first pick in, in our fantasy draft, I, I botched this last night in our testing, but I'm gonna go Saquon Barkley. Obvious reasons, Saquon Barkley. I feel like he can have a great day against the Steelers defensive line. 
And I think that's arguably going to be the way the Giants are going to try and win this game. I, I feel like Saquon's going to be the first pick in like almost every week, right? Maybe not Probably, week, but a majority. I mean, like we we play the Saints, we don't play Alvin Kamara. Maybe one of you guys becomes a scumbag and drafts Zeke um, in one of those games. But I, I feel like Saquon's going to. I feel like he's going to be the uh, the reciprocant of a lot of first overall picks. All right, Justin. So that leaves you. Who are you going with the second pick? Hot take: Zeke isn't going to be as good this year because their offensive line isn't going to be as good. Um, gosh, the the whole injury concern is now absolutely scaring me. The fact that he just flat out did not practice, so I'm gambling here. I think he's still going to play because I think the foot actually he's he's been struggling with the foot injury uh, for a couple weeks now, but I think he is going to play. Give me Deontay Johnson. He's probably. Going to be going up against Corey Ballantyne if we have a scenario where James Bradbury is following the team's best wide receiver, and that's even if he's going in the slot. So I there's a chance that James Bradbury could be lining up against um, Juju Smith-Schuster. So give me Deontay Johnson, especially if he's going up against a, a cornerback number two, whether that be Idiom or whether that be Corey Ballantyne. I think he's going to have a good day, and Steelers fans are excited about him. He may have a bigger day, but you got to get running back value in round one. That's the way fantasy football works. Mm. Um, that being said, so I could say I picked the Giants uh, first. I'm going Evan Ingram with my first pick. I feel like if anyone in the Giants is going to have an awesome day- game, it will be Evan Ingram. We talked about in the beginning of the show. That stuff over the middle, quick hitting. Um, we'll see what he's like in uh, Jason Garrett's offense and that whole Y option stuff. So I'm going Evan Ingram with pick one, and then I'm getting the other starting running back. The Steelers are going to use this guy as a bell cow guy. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries, a couple catches. I'm going James Conner with my second pick. Give me on the come around, give me the starting tight end for Pittsburgh Steelers. Now they have a two, arguably a two-headed monster. I wouldn't necessarily call these two uh, monsters at the tight end spot. But I do think that Vance McDonald is more or less the number one guy rather than Eric Ebron. So I'm going to take Vance McDonald. I think Big Ben has always had a nice little connection with his tight ends. Give me Vance McD. I feel like you're overthinking this, Justin. Uh, like he, he might not. Eric, I think I I would pick Ebron over Vance McDonald. Wait, he didn't. Oh, wait. Give me Ebron. I'm taking Ebron, baby. So you're I taking Ebron with one. your with your second pick, Danny. I'm taking Eric Ebron because the, I, the, I don't trust the giant linebackers yet against tight ends. Until I see with my very own eyes that they can actually cover them now and not get uh, burned like they did last year with Jason Winnen, I'm not trusting the Giants linebackers to cover tight ends, so I'm taking Eric Ebron with my second pick. We actually pick. did kind of good against tight ends last year, besides against Dallas. So, um, I don't trust so them, you guys so. just took both the tight ends. I feel like I'm going to take an easy win. So, just or Danny, it snakes back around. Who's pick number three? See, and uh, I've been looking. I've been trying to think. I, I think I'm going to take Chase Chase Claypool mainly Jeez, because – you guys I, are overthinking this. Well, no, when you think about it, who's Juju Smith-Schuster going to be covered by most likely? Uh, James Bradbury, he should travel around with a number one receiver, so it just makes sense that Chase Claypool will be either on whoever the, the second guy is, whether that be Holmes or uh, whoever they, the starting lineup shakes out to be. So I'm going to take Chase Claypool. That actually one. is an interesting thought that we didn't bring up in the in the beginning of the show. I wonder if Bradbury would follow Juju into the slot or with Logan. Well, we did. With Lo- but we I'm, did talk but I'm saying, about it. Yeah, but I, I thought for sure Logan Ryan would go, but I don't know. I don't know. All right, Justin, who is uh, your pick number three? Oh gosh, I'm going all Steelers, but Juju has not been taken yet. Yeah, that's a that's a surprise that you guys both went Vance McDonald and Chase Claypool over Juju Smith Schuster. Well, this is my this is my technique. Um, I give just overthinking give me all things? the Pittsburgh. Yeah, overthinking things. So now give me. I'll just take Juju. I feel bad that um that I'm not taking any of my Giants guys, but give me Juju. All right, so I'm gonna have to pick between two of these Giants wide receivers here. Um. I'm going to go Shepard. I'm just going to – my my brain wants to tell me, like, Tate's going to play in the slot. They're going to be stuff over the middle. But I think they're going to try and get Shepard involved in that. I think Shepard's the best wide receiver on the Giants. I'm going to go – so I'm going to go Sterling Shepard with my uh, third pick. With my final pick, I feel like I'm just too heavy on Giants receivers right now. So because of that, I'm going to go – I'm going to go James Washington, the other outside wide receiver for the Steelers. Just bet like just you know what maybe he plays up against Corey Ballantyne so and I just can't take three receivers for the Giants so I'm going James Washington with my fourth pick. Give me Anthony McFarland. 
They they drafted this guy out of Maryland. Uh, they they like his speed. James Connor and Snell. They're more big bodied guys. We are losing uh, four, credibility. Four, 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 40 yard dash. I know Darius Slayton was right there. Golden Tate was right there. Blah 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 blah. But you know what? We're trying to give a little preview of the Steelers. Anthony McFarland. He could be a guy that's used in a yeah, if he got third carries. down situations. Well, yeah, that's that's the point where, you know, we don't know how he could be used, but he's an exciting player. So he could be used out of that Steelers backfield. He also could not be used out of that Steelers backfield. I'm betting not. And if he, anyways, um, and we're a good run defense. Um, they were the third best run defense yards per carry. We were the fourth best. How about that? that? There's a little analytics. Um, but that's also why you yeah, bet on this guy getting catches on third down, and James Conner may not even bring you that value. So there you go. That's what I'm betting on. We'll see. All right, so Danny, you get to finish it off, and you can, you could get a guy that I could have seen going in the second round. So who who are you going with the final pick? No, I'm taking Darius Slayton. Slayton, because, okay. Because I don't know what Tate's health situation is looking like. The hamstring's still a big question mark, or as Jordan Rainin puts, it's hamstring with a question mark. But, uh... I'm going to go Darius Slayton. Him and Jones already have that chemistry, and I feel like that's only going to continue to grow this year. So give me Darius Slayton this week. And he's the ty- and, and he's the guy that gets touchdowns. Like That's who Jones likes to go through in the end zone, so we're in yeah, the red zone. exactly. So, yeah, um, I'm, we're not going to comment, but I, f- I feel like I won. And you guys know me. I feel like I would win anyways, but I, I just I just feel like I already already wrapped this week up. Um, All right, congratulations, nah, Bobby. We'll it, it'll be more Bro, fun I'm next week against God. the Bears where it's like, Allen Robinson, and then who? Um, Whereas where this game has a little more fun options. All right. We're all going to be asking for Giants fantasy, next week. Fantasy segment over. Capiche. All right, next we have Giant Factors. This was a part of last year's show. It's returning. It's essentially an X Factor, but because we're a Giants podcast, we call it Giant Factors. We try and explain that. Um, people don't listen on Twitter. And when we ask this question on Twitter and we're losing by the end of the year, it gets very snarky on Twitter. Um Danny, you went first with fantasy, so you get to go first with Giants Factor. Who is your Giant Factor for Week One? So when I was thinking about my Giants Factor, I wait. I I, I only I was just watching T.J. Watt. I saw what you posted on him. I saw what Justin said about that whole line. So my Giants Factor is the week is someone that maybe not many people would you know is going to jump out of seats like, oh, what a great pick. It, it's got to be cam fleming because i feel like tj watt's gonna be just going after cam fleming all night there's no shot cam fleming stops tj watt that that's impossible i'm not asking him to do that i'm just asking him to slow him down enough that gives jones time in the pocket to do his reads and do whatever he has to do to complete the pass because if tj watt just has his way of cam fleming it's gonna be a long night the steelers defensive line is good if you can slow down watt you give yourselves a better chance of succeeding on monday night right, mine kind of builds on that so i'm gonna skip you justin my giant factor is Caden Smith. He is the X factor for me this week because I think we're going to see some two tight end options. People be like, oh, bring it, leave in Toy Lolo. Let's, let's see what Caden Smith can do blocking. I mean, go look against the second guys in the um, sack duos and Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and watch Caden Smith go up against those guys last season. I That's the most impressed I was of Caden Smith in a game last year was the way he blocked against the Green Bay Packers. So you keep Caden in where he we now have a backup tight end who we think can block and also we know can be a part of the receiving game so that makes tj watt think that's what i want to do with tj watt you're not going to just stop tj watt but you sure as hell can make him think and the more he thinks the slower he has to go the more he has to process he's an awesome player so like i said there's no complete stopping him but i'm, I'm going Caden smith as my giant factor for week one yeah especially in the early part of the year you really want to force really your opponent, no matter if it's on the offense or defense side of the ball, you want to force them to think because they've had limited reps. Uh, maybe they've they've even had limited reps inside their system. Unfortunately for the Giants, the Steelers, they they have that continuity on the offensive the uh, offensive and defensive side of the ball. But that would be nice if we're putting T.J. Watt in a position where he, where we're not just giving him an opportunity to be an athletic freak and to be a force of nature at that spot. So that's a good little point, Bobby Skinner. I'm going to the defensive side of the ball for my giant factor. Uh, this dude has looked like Lawrence Taylor in training camp the last two years, and I want to see how Patrick Graham is going to use him, and I want to see if he's finally ready to take that year three jump. Um, since I know a lot of some of the data shows that some edge rushers, it really takes three to four years for them to really take a jump, and I'm going Lorenzo Carter. 
I'm going Lorenzo Carter. He's listed first on the depth chart. Doesn't really matter in my brain. But if you if you take stock into those things, sure. Lorenzo Carter is the first uh is the first edge rusher outside linebacker on the depth chart where if I had to rank him in my brain, he's number three or four on this team. So I think he's gonna get reps. Going to be interested to see where he lines up, especially on first down. Maybe they'll even put him at interior linebacker a little bit, off-ball linebacker, question mark. How much is he going to be rushing the passer on third downs? How much is he going to be dropping back into coverage since that's a strength? So excited to see how he's going to be used and excited to see, more importantly, if he can actually have an impact on the game. Carter, like I said, we, let's see what Zimenez is. Carter, year three, even more so. Like you said, let's see who you are. Let's stop hearing about how you're lighting up training camp. Let's see how you can be in a regular season game. I remember last year I was I was all in on Carter for some reason. I believed he was going to take the jump, and honestly, he didn't. And, uh, and this is the year to show the coaches to have your worth because this might be his last true shot that John are going to give him the opportunity, and then if he fails, they might just send him on. I, I said at the beginning of the show, I think the Pittsburghs are a great test for this Giants team where on offense you have – you know the fumble get you know the fumble forcers um, and those defensive ends against our young tackles, and then on defense it's like they have some good wide receivers, but they're not insanely good. So it's like to see how our secondary goes against them, and same with the tackles. Like their tackles aren't like all world. So these guys who were supposed to improve should have good games against them if they have truly improved, like we've uh, like we've been told. So I really think the Steelers are a great test for this team, and it's under the lights prime time, which is fun. All right, we're adding this this year too. This might this feels a little like too like robotity, but we're gonna go quick picks. We're gonna do eight games, um, the the eight most intriguing matchups from the week. So we won't usually add Thursday night football, but we did it this week. And I'm gonna put it on Instagram polls because people on Twitter are annoying. So I'm just gonna put the polls on Instagram. So follow at Talking Johnson Instagram. That's where you can vote. All right, so Thursday night football, you'll know the answer to this one uh, when you're listening. Uh, Houston, Kansas City. Listeners went Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City. Justin, who you got? Kansas City. Danny? It's Kansas City. They're literally the same team from last year. Okay, so quick <laughs> question. <They're> better. <laughs> yeah. And I think Deshaun Watson is going to not struggle, but I think there's going to be noticeable that DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. Like DeAndre it's, Hopkins it's tough. is a beast. All right, next we got Jets at Bills. Um, we just had to throw that one in there. Uh, the listeners went Bills. I'm going Bills too. I'm not super high on the Bills this year. I think they might win that division just because I'm not sold on the Patriots because their defense lost so many guys to opt-outs. Um, but the Jets, I really think are going to be bad this year. I'm going Bills. Danny? Bills, reasons you said. The Jets, Adam Gase, I, I think he was the worst hire the Jets could have made for their head coach. Justin? I love the Bills this year. You can make an argument that the Bills have like the second most talented roster in the entire National Football League behind the Saints. If you take out quarterback, if you take out quarterback, you can make an argument that the roster is top five, top three, most talented in football. So I really like the Bills this year. I don't think this game is going to be close. Okay. I don't think anyone does. Um, Green Bay at Minnesota. Listeners went Vikings. I was surprised by that. Uh, Danny, who are you going? I'm going Packers. I, I It sounds like the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur picked up this offseason. So I think the Packers are going to go out there Beat the Vikings week one and send a message to the North. Justin? Give me the Minnesota Vikings. Gary Kubiak is in town. I think he's going to let Kirk Cousins rock and roll a little bit more. That's the worry. Adam Thielen is going to be – what did you say? That's the worry is that they're going to let him rock and roll a little more. No, it's not the worry. When you let him rock and roll, I'm telling you, Kirk Cousins Cousins, uh, was stuck in that Kevin Stefanski run-first offense last year. Stuck in it? That's what made him good was that Kevin Ah, Stefanski. That's why I think the Browns can be somewhat good is because Kevin Stefanski. They were – I I like Stefanski, but I like the potential of Gary Kubiak. I like the potential of this offense, and you still have Dalvin Cook – I'm going Vikings. I think they have a very much more complete team compared to the Packers, and I think Aaron Rodgers is now an average quarterback. Um, well, average is better than Kirk Cousins, and I'm going Packers. I think, like Danny <laughs> said, year two with Matt LaFleur. I think this Packers roster is really good, and um, they, I feel like they're my Super Bowl sleeper in the NFC, and I, I, I think the Vikings are going to have kind of a down year. Not like a horrible year, but a down year. All right, Tampa All Bay. Right. At Saints. Surprised none of you guys mentioned Ryan Connolly. I mean, Justin, maybe. No, we, we're not allowed to do that or we'll be called whining babies. Ah, uh, sorry, my uh, bad. <laughs> sorry, um, McConkey's towel. He is going to be an awesome weak side linebacker in Mike Zimmer's defense. I'll just say that. All right, Bucks at Saints. This is the game I'm most looking forward to, um, to see what Brady's like with that Tampa. Evan's uh, probably going to be out. Listeners went Saints. 
I'm going Bucks. I'm kind of all in on the Bucks. I I believe in Tampa Bay in that offense. I I just I feel like they're gonna figure it out, and especially early season Brady before the arm might fall off. Justin, Saints are gonna blow them out. Give me the Saints. Ooh, Danny. I I can't agree with that. I gotta go Bucks. I mean, yeah, Mike Evans out, but I think we discussed it. We think I think Tom Brady's favorite target besides Gronk it might be Chris Godwin. Those short intermediate throws. That's what Brady's been doing these past few years. Give me the Bucks in Brady's first game in Tampa. Cowboys at Rams. Listeners went Rams. Part of that's just because we hate the Cowboys. I'm going Rams too. I feel like the Rams are a better team than people remember. It's just that they're in a really good division with the Seahawks and 49ers. I'm going Rams at home. Justin. Cowboys, very talented roster. Um Kellen Moore, that continuity on offense is still there. They've had some injuries on defense, but I think the Rams, they're kind of taking steps down. I don't know if Jared Goff is still going to be that same you know, MVP caliber that he was two years ago. He took that step down from last year. They did go from 11 personnel to 12 personnel towards the second half to second half of last year, but I think the Cowboys get off to just a good enough start to beat him. Danny. I'm with Justin. Uh, the Cowboys, I think, are, are under Mike McCarthy. I think they're going to be a great team this year, and I just can't trust the Rams. And I watch all of Hard Knocks, but I don't think the Rams get the job done in week one. Bears at Lions. Listeners went Lions. I'm going Bears. They've owned the Lions even with Trubisky. I'm, uh, Danny, who you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to trash talk to Bears next week, but, I mean, the Bears win this one. Uh, I, the Lions, they just they just don't look scared. I think if Trubisky did take that step that everyone's saying, not, then the Bears it. might uh, – he won't, obviously. But then he might be something. But then he still got Khalil Mack, uh, Allen Robinson's there. So, I mean, I think the Bears will edge out the Lions. Justin? I think good defenses are going to have the edge to start the season in this kind of COVID NFL year, so I give me the opposite. Bears. I feel, I feel the opposite, although I do have the Bears in this option. All right, Cardinals at 49ers. This would be a fun one to watch. Listeners win 49ers. I'm going 49ers. Quick, Justin, who you got? 49ers. Danny? Cardinals. Ooh, Ooh okay, upset pick. Week one is the week to pick upsets. It happens. Um, And then this one, I'm actually going to watch the first quarter of this game. Chargers at Bengals. I am very excited to see what Joe Burrow looks like in that Bengals offense. I don't think there's like, – I think they could bring, put up some points. They bring Jonah Williams back. Uh, I'm going Bengals. Listeners win Chargers. And I just don't believe in the Chargers, especially with Tyrod Taylor starting. Uh, Danny. Honestly, give me the Chargers. I, I don't trust the Bengals either. I think Joe Burrow might look good, but I think the Chargers will end up winning this one in a close one. Joe Burrow will be the first player I watch Monday morning, film-wise. All right, Justin. Chargers have a pretty good roster. They even had a good roster last year. It's kind of a shame that they went up in flames. Give me the Bengals, though. Love Joe Burrow. I'm very excited for Joe Burrow. He's just an amazing prospect, a deep ball prospect. Um, you don't really think that accuracy is going to go anywhere. It's just a matter of how can the, the mental processing uh, improve or um, continue to be going decent in the NFL. So give me Joe Burrow and the Bengals to upset the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, that's quick picks. Let's finish it off, boys. Predictions. Danny, what do you got for Giants-Steelers? I don't know if I want to go serious with this or keep it honest. I think I'm going to keep it honest because I'm you go doing back my and record. forth, and that's what that's that you're consistently back and forth on this. Yeah, I think I'm going to do what my record. I'm releasing my record prediction article sometime soon before obviously the game. I got the Steelers winning this one. I think they're just too overpowering for the Giants, especially Joe Judge's first game. I don't see it. I'm sorry, Justin. Yeah, I think it's going to be a struggle bus. Uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I, I think offensively, it's just going to be a struggle bus. I think the offensive line is going to struggle a little bit. Um, think if, if are we giving scores too? Yeah, score. score, Danny. What's your score? Twenty-eight seventeen. Okay. I'm going twenty-four thirteen Steelers. All right. Well, guys, I didn't. Listeners, I am very sorry. I didn't realize I was surrounded by losers. I'm a winner, and winners win, and winners never go to war. With the mindset of losing. Okay? I may not think the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl this year, but guess what? I will go into every single game thinking the Giants will win. Because that's what that's the mind of a winner. That's the mind of Joe Judge. I'm going Giants 77, Steelers 0. Giants win, start off 1-0 Monday night. Football. Woo, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I respect the optimism. I mean, I, I, I obviously I'm going and thinking they're going to win, but I mean, the, the dark depths of me just uh, these past few years has gotten to me a little bit the dark depths of me is currently trying to pass a kidney stone that that is very true really? as well that didn't get enough shine at the beginning of this show um i'm a warrior i don't i don't i'm a warrior i just carry carry on yeah 
You don't see this on other podcasts, Pro- host trying to pass a kidney stone. Proud of myself that I didn't have to run out of my room because I have been drinking a lot of water. You have to drink a lot of water. Proud of myself I didn't just burst out of my room and I had to yep. go to the bathroom. Very happy. All right. Well, I, I want to say thanks again to our listeners. It's been a fun – actually, it's been an up and down off season. But it's it, – you know what? I'll say flat out. It's been fun. Um, there are some tough times for us. I won't, you know, bring stuff up, but you know, you guys know we went through some tough stuff with this show individually. Um, I'm proud of my guys. Um, I think we're going to have an awesome year. I, I think talking giants really is going to dominate this year. Um, and I'm excited about what this giants team can be. I, I, you know, we did the whole thank you thing the other day, so we'll do it. Um, we'll, 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 we'll save all that, but I'm excited. Um, enjoy a weekend of football, um, Monday night. Enjoy the Giants Steelers. We will be live about an hour or so after the game on Patreon and then in your podcast apps Tuesday morning. No other Giants uh, uh, people will have their stuff out uh, like that for you guys. Um, while you're listening to this, it's my last day um, working as a common man. I turned into a, a media journalist snob on Monday. So we appreciate you guys. Let's kick the Steelers' ass, baby, and let's go big blue.